Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a Monday edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. December 27th as the NHL is creeping back. Still a lot of variables and a lot of different permutations of what is going to happen, what can happen, and everything. And we come to find out that Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis are now in COVID protocol, along with a couple of staffers from the Philadelphia Flyers, to talk about what that means and much, much more. Joining us right now from NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and HockeyBuzz.com, it is Bill Meltzer. Bill, how you doing? I'm I'm doing great. Had a really nice uh, nice holiday. Hope you hope you did as well. Yeah, everything was great. It feels weird though. Um, we've been on this slight, dare I even say, NHL pause. And I yeah. feel like I'm disconnected from the the NHL right now. It hasn't been that long, Bill, but it feels like an eternity. It it really does, um, you know. And, and there's the the uncertainty in the other side of things too. I mean, it, it sometimes it doesn't take very long, but you at least have you, know, you at least have other games. So if your if your team is in a break, you have other games you you can follow with so many games that have been postponed and or teams that are in a you know, in a hiatus um, that with a kind of an uncertain end to it, you know, I think, I think it's that way league wide. I think, I think a lot of us are, are going through that right now. I guess the only thing is, is that with the cancellation or the, the NHL pulling out of the Olympics, I should more accurately say, you know, there is more wiggle room to, to make up some of these games, but it's, uh, you know, when, and, and uh, you know, how many, I mean, all that, all that still has yet to be determined. So we'll see. Yeah, and like looking at the immediate future here, you know, the players, everybody was basically, okay, we're going to shut down until the 26th and 27th. We'll get games underway. Obviously, that's been postponed. But you look at the situation, and as more players come back, I read Alan Walsh's tweet yesterday that said, you know, surreal scene outside of NHL practice facilities, players going in, getting tested, coming out and waiting in their car. And we're seeing positive tests skyrocket even more so after this pause. I mean, what did they expect? I mean, all the players out of the controlled environment, and this is obviously spreading like a brush fire, but there's even more players now. John Couturier, obviously, Ryan Ellis, who wasn't available at this time anyway, but, I mean, getting on an airplane where, you know, ventilation's not great to go to Seattle, who's got a bad COVID situation, seems very tenuous at best. No, I, I agree. At, at, at least that game, that seems very iffy. I mean, we'll find out more today and then when the Flyers are supposed to depart for Seattle the following day. But it's uh, it's not, you know, obviously it's not a good situation. And, uh, you know, a lot of these are a lot of these are, are asymptomatic in most cases, it seems like, or, or mild symptoms. But it uh, but the player is not allowed to be cleared until he is actually testing negative over over a couple of days so you know guys like morgan frost who uh, it's, i don't know how many days has been at this point and, and and his case is uh his case is one of the asymptomatic cases um you know it's been a while now since he's been on the ice so it takes a, a practice or two till you're till you're ready to go so that's even you know and and, and so and it's a league-wide issue it's not just the flyers so um you know if if this does get going uh for the flyers as uh as scheduled now that those couple of games before Christmas were postponed, I, I think it's the, you know, the ideal best case scenario, but uh, you know, it's very tenuous you know, to say the least. And it, ha- it has to make it hard to, you know, I, I know that uh, Mike Yo has said that 
you know, it's important to get a couple of really good practices in, but it's it's kind of hard to do that because you don't know who, you know, you don't know who might be pulled off the ice early in practice. And if you don't know if there's even going to be a game on the other side of it, sometimes it's it's human nature not to be as focused as you might be. And again, it's an it's a it's a league wide issue. It's not an excuse if you you know if you don't play well on the other side of it, but it's just it's just a reality right now. Yeah, there's a no sense of urgency if there's not a game on the other side or you don't know when that's going to be. You know, one of the things, Bill, that, that I'm I'm looking at with this too, and we see what the NBA is doing. And they're going to be not testing asymptomatic players. Same with the NFL. But I was reading Elliot Friedman's uh, 32 Thoughts column, and he said Canada, he had an anonymous source that told him Canada is six months from even having that conversation. Now, the NBA does have a a team in Toronto, but they have a team in Toronto. The NHL's got six. This, you know, going across the border. I don't know what the solution is here. I'm not asking you for it because I don't know that anybody knows it yet. But boy, that makes things really complicated because we know how Canada's handled handled the pandemic with even yeah. more stringent measures. Yeah, for sure. And it's I mean, there has to be one standard league wide. I think that's the one thing everybody agrees to. You have to you you can't test one group of players under one standard and the Canadian based you know, players on the Canadian based teams by another. And then there's some of the ancillary concerns too as to why they are testing asymptomatic and also you know asymptomatic plus vaccinated players, you know just because they may not uh, be at risk if they if they do test positive for COVID and um, but that doesn't mean that there aren't some people around the team who may be immunocompromised or those kind of things too. There's all there's all those considerations that that go into it. So it's uh, there are no there are no easy answers here. So I don't I don't know what the answer is going to be, but it it doesn't it certainly didn't sound like even before Frege's report, it didn't sound like that was immediately on the table for the NHL to to say okay if you're you're vaccinated asymptomatic you don't have to be tested. I don't think that's I don't think it's going to happen this season. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that's easier said than done. Yeah. You know, while it may seem practical and logical in a lot of cases, but with with the border and like you said, other staffers that may be vaccinated and boosted, but still immunocompromised. We don't know all the the variables of this uh, variant that we're dealing with right now as well. Bill, you know, one of the big jobs for the Flyers when they do come back is making that push to get back into consideration for this playoffs and battle for a wild card spot. And a lot of that falls at the feet of Mike Yo, who took over for Elaine Vigneault. And This is, you know, while he has that experience to draw back on in St. Louis when he took over for Ken Hitchcock, he doesn't have this kind of experience to draw on. Not many people do, if anybody, to have to do this and also manage the variables of players availability. What does Mike Yo have to do going forward here to remove that interim tag and get this and get this head coach job? Well, I I would think that the interim tag is going to stay with him the remainder of the season. I mean, unless the Flyers just went on some crazy run where it's a no-brainer that that uh, Mike comes back. You know, I don't, I don't, um, you know, I don't think that's that's probable to play to play that kind of a level. I mean, the Flyers would have to play at a, you know, go on some some incredible tear where it's not even a, you know, you're not even looking at, at, a, at a postseason. You know how they would do just 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 in terms of like a 180 degree turnaround because, you know, you are, you are essentially what your record is. The Flyers are right at hockey 500. And it took a a five game point streak heading into the Christmas break to to get there. Um, you know, on the on the other side of the ten game winless streak, uh, 
So it's, uh, you know, it, it's a situation that, that kind of up and down the team. I mean, you know, there are guys who may not be here next year who may who may not be here by the end of the season if the team is not in playoff contention by the uh, serious playoff contention. And, uh, you know, even for a wild card spot. But, I mean, in the, in the mix to potentially reach the postseason, you know, as you're getting close to the deadline. I mean, un- until that point, everybody is in, in, in prove themselves mode. And there's not there's not a ton of job security. I mean, that's just the flyer situation. It's where they are. And as a head coach in the NHL, you know, you may have a modus operandi the way you operate in normal circumstances, but in these circumstances, I imagine you got to act a little different. You got to add some layers to your coaching and the way you handle situations. Yeah, and, and even even just your even just your overall roster management. Um, you know, it's been reported yeah. that uh, they're bringing back. Uh, they're bringing back taxi squads. Now teams don't have to use them, but here, here, you know, so for example, the flyers in the situation now where, you know, they're, they're going into a pretty, not, not by number of games, by length of time, a pretty lengthy road trip and it's all out West. So you may, you may want to have a, a taxi squad at hand practicing, even if they're practicing in a different time, just because if you have, you know, you, you lose two or three players by game time, you can't get the replacements from Allentown to wherever the Flyers may be out west. So, so even so, even something like that. Well, are you going to carry a taxi squad? How many players? It kind of depends on where you're at in your schedule. And you know the other the other aspect being the Flyers are lucky in this regard. Geographically, the farm team is pretty close at hand. But you have you have some Canadian teams that have uh, you know yeah. American based farm clubs. So yeah. they have to they have to consider that as well. How many how many guys are you carrying? So. You know, so it, it could vary even from week to week as to how many extra bodies Mike Yo or any other coach may have available. So you really have to be, you really have to be flexible, and you really have to manage it in the moment and to the uh, to the next game at hand because the things change quickly. You imagine the Flyers bring a couple extra players out on this road trip to Seattle, San Jose, Los Angeles, and Anaheim. I think I think there's a, a pretty good shot, a pretty pretty good chance of that. Um, a lot of times you do that anyway. You'll call up a player or two players if you have the the cap space and extra an extra forward and an extra defender. You certainly certainly want to have a third goalie available. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Flyers ended up in a situation, you know, recently with with Carter Hart, and thankfully Carter never tested positive. But you know, the Flyers were scrambling for a backup goalie just because uh, because of the Phantom situation. You know, they, uh, they so I mean, right now they would have to they'd have to bring Felix Sandstrom or or Samuel Orson, but probably Sandstrom, along as the the third goalie is you know and. And if you need a backup, that's that's your guy because I, I don't see a situation where you're out west and you really have to really have to scramble for a backup goalie if something were to happen with either with either Carter or you know or with, or with Martin Jones. So I think at the very least you take a goalie and one position player. And I do think that they they are a little you know even if you call up a player on an emergency basis and you're not putting somebody on IR if you're if it forces you over the cap on that emergency basis basis call up. You can still do that. That's that's one of the areas that the, you know, NHL is, is showing some flexibility with. But it's, uh, you know, that's, uh, I mean, that, that's a real tough situation, particularly for, you know, for who who do you call, you know, who do you call up, for example? I mean, would the, would the Flyers want to call up, you know, is that where you call up Cam York? Is that where you call up Zamula? Or do you yeah. do you go with a veteran like Clint Denning just to have just have a guy with some experience who's that extra body if you need him. I mean, all uh, all this has suddenly come into play where it was a non-issue just you know a couple a couple of days ago. It's yeah. uh, it's it's changed quickly. Jeez, it it is bananas. 
Bill, on yesterday's episode, I went through some categories and kind of, you know, I went through the pseudo NHL awards and applied them to the Flyers. But there's two that I wanted to ask you about because I came up with two extras that I made up. Um, and I came up with the biggest asset and the biggest liability through 29 games for the Flyers. The biggest asset I came up with and their strength is, I think, has been goaltending. Yep. The combination of Hart and Jones, even in the 10-game winning streak, gave them chances to win games, even though they didn't. And they were the catalyst to a lot of wins this season uh, for the Flyers. And maybe the, the reason why they're not far back and they are still you know, in the hunt here for this wild card. Sure, and you don't even have to look, you know, a uh, far sample games back early in the season, even through the first twelve. Uh, over the course of the, this five-game point streak, goaltending has been, you know, the number one or number two reason as to why. I mean, they're scoring some goals. They were scoring some goals again, but they were getting, particularly from Carter Hart, they were getting outstanding goaltending in, in some games where, you know, could have could have gone south on them if the goaltending hadn't been there. I think that's uh, clearly been the biggest asset on a season-wide basis. I would completely agree with that. What would you look at as the biggest liability? I mean, to me, I looked at health because obviously Ryan Ellis was the big acquisition to be your top pairing right side defenseman. He's only played four games. You know, Kevin Hayes has essentially going into the season double core surgery. He's still not 100%. Then you look at Joel Farabee's injury, Broussard, the list goes on and on. Is the biggest liability to their first 29 games injuries? Uh, that that's certainly is essential to it. I, if I had to narrow it down just a little further, I think I think you know generically injuries is is the very accurate descriptor, and, and it's certainly played into why there are depth issues. Um, to me, if you drill down even further, it's been the the depth and the the slotting of players on the blue line, and that all that all goes to Ryan Ellis's yep. availability. So that's, uh, I mean, I'm right on the same page with that. Thanks to Bill Meltzer for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. We'll have another brand new one tomorrow. We'll have part two of my conversation with Bill Meltzer on a Tuesday edition of Flyers Daily. In the meantime, everybody have a great Monday, and we'll talk to you on a brand new Flyers Daily coming up tomorrow. Driving faster in my